Hello, hello, and welcome in. Thanks for tuning in to another Dolphins podcast. We're so excited to have you guys joining us. It's draft week, and I promise you, you won't find more creative content about the NFL draft anywhere else. It's Jake Bendel. It's Josh House for the Jake and Josh Show. But we have a very, very special guest, one who I got to see one of the biggest blowouts in Dolphins history with, Efren Ramos at Vince Cuts on Twitter. My friend, how's it going? I, I miss seeing you around, so it's, it's great. I wish we were in Miami, but I, I guess this will have to do. Yeah, guys, it's good to see you. Um, Jake, Josh, I'm a big fan of your guys' show. I always say that you guys have the best chemistry in uh, all of Do uh, Dolphins podcasting. So, uh, yeah, Thank you. I'm, a, I'm just like a, a fanboy who gets to, gets to do a little guest spot on uh, his favorite Dolphins podcast. But uh, speaking of which... Thank you, thank you. Hello and welcome to this week's installment of the Dolphins Dating Game, brought to you by another Dolphins podcast. I'm your host, Efren Ramos, and we've got two Miami Dolphins fans who are hoping to hook up with a top-notch tight end this draft season. And we've got four eligible bachelors who are vying for a fling with these two handsome young men. First up, Jake, tell me a little about yourself and what you look for in a tight end. See, I'm 28. I like someone who can walk on the beach with me, maybe hold hands. You want someone who has that firm grasp so they're holding the football. You want someone who can go on a jog in that sand so they don't look like they're walking in mud. That right there, to me, is the perfect tight end. If you can walk on the beach with them and have fun, I think you're headed down the right road. All right. And also, Josh House. Josh, what turns you on in a tight end? Well, I'm 36, and I like uh, tight ends that enjoy long walks on the beach. I hope that they're big and girthy and can go up there and get the ball, but they can also pass protect because, as we know, uh, Tua Tungavaloa needs that. So um, I'm pretty much open to anything, but I'm willing to uh, see who these bachelors are and give them a chance at love. All I'm right. the prude. I'll take it. <laughs> we got the introductions out of the way. Now let's meet our mystery bachelors. So full disclosure... I don't think the Dolphins are going to end up with Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid, so I kind of just left them out. We all know the book on them. They're just both elite. Um, but for guys who are in range, this six foot three inch big body ball catcher is built tough and likes it rough. Although he's better suited as a downfield block than an inline jock, he'll make your QB feel safe no matter where you put him. He's well rounded and rounded well, smooth as gel and fast as hell. Will you let Sam Laporta run you over, or is the price of those Iowa thighs way too high? Ooh, God, this is such Sam a tough Laporta. way to start. It's probably, I love it. It's probably going to take a little bit of moving up to get him because from what I'm seeing, he's getting really popular. Um, I've seen Hayden Hurst as the as the comp for him. Um, so what do you guys think? Would you be willing to spend a little extra on this high-priced date? Nobody wants to go on a bad date, right? First and foremost – there's no such thing as getting dating experience, right? It's either a good date or a bad date. It's either going to haunt you forever or you're going to get married. There's no in-between. And when I look at Sam Laborda and I look at what the life I'm trying to build, the offense I'm trying to cater to, man, this seems like the ideal fit. You mentioned it. He isn't the greatest inline blocker, but his ability to be that guy down the field to knock off those four, five, six men in the secondary, because it's important to keep in mind here, the Miami Dolphins are a team that attacks the middle of the field. And where they struggled last year is when teams took that away. How you beat that is with a tight end and a running back who can catch the football. Sam Laporta, his weakness might be more of that receiving style. He has five touchdowns in his career, but he does average over 11 yards per reception. So to me, I think that's enough. As that guy who can kind of sit down in the zone and be that guy just to keep the sticks moving forward, 
but he can instantly plug and play with his blocking ability. So for me, yeah, I'd flirt with Sam Laporta. How about you, Josh? How would you feel if uh, the Dolphins, you know, gave up a little draft capital to move up a few picks to get a guy like this? Would you rather have them stick around at their spot or would you be okay with that? Yeah, you know, I think ideally I'd rather them sit at their spot and wait to see how the board falls to them. But, um, I mean, if they view Sam Laporta as that missing piece in that offense, which they very well could, I mean, I'm all for it. Move up there, get your guy if that's the the price it takes. I know Peter Schrager today of uh, NFL Good Morning Football, he came out and said that that might be the number two tight end, or uh, he he might be see him as, you know, going ahead of Darnell Washington. So, um, yeah, if that's who they view as the guy, go for it. I think that what Sam Laporta can bring to that offense um, can really change everything. I know I forget who tweeted it out, but I think a lot of the mock drafters are taking Sam Laporta there for the Dolphins at 51. So um, if they have to go up there and get their guy, go for it. But I think ideally I'd sit there or let the board fall and maybe go after one of these other bachelors like Darnell Washington or some of the other guys that we might be talking about. Next up, this big dog is raw. With only one season and 20 catches, he's a project for sure. But good things come to those who wait. And although this straight line runner wears 88, he may be, he may be an upgrade to our previous day. Will you bet on a season bet, or do you crave this ball of clay? Will you take a chance with Luke Musgrave? I mean, this guy's oh. dynamic, guys. I don't know. Uh, Jake, what do you think? This guy gets compared to Darren Waller. Um, but like like I read, you know, only 20 catches one season. How do you feel about uh, this development project? I've seen comparisons to Dallas Gobert, Jared Cook. Basically, what you're looking for in that type of comparison is someone who's going to catch the ball, move the sticks, but you know they're not going to be that big game breaker. Um, there's some ability to uh, be a better blocker there. But, man, I'm really concerned here about the fact that, you know, 2022 and even going back to his freshman year, 2019, he only played in two games each of those two seasons, has a total of two touchdowns on his career. But it's important to keep in mind what Marvin Allen said a couple of weeks ago about how uh, Channing Tindall was a project, right? Uh, Eric Azucoma was a project. So Luke Musgrave kind of fits that vision. If you're going to re rely on Durham Smythe, if you're going to rely on the guys you have in the room, uh, then this kind of makes sense. And another layer that might make it make more sense, I guess, is that the Miami Dolphins had a contract out for Irv Smith Jr. about a week before he signed with the Bengals. So there is this growing i i don't i'm curiosity inside of me that hey maybe if the dolphins do decide to take a little project here there might be those guys on the free agent market still that can plug and play once that contract money from byron jones gets freed up on june 1st so with luke musgrave i gotta see kind of the full picture where will we be living what kind of cars will we be driving before i can really accept him into being a long-term relationship type player hmm. for me i feel like the dolphins are all in right now and um I think they need a, a higher floor guy and more win now. But I mean, Josh, what do you think? Are you do you think the Dolphins should take a project, or do you think it's like winning time right now? Or what do you think? Yeah, I definitely think it's winning time, and I'm going to be honest. I got a little queasy when uh, I believe on Twitter I saw some of the comparisons to Musgrave. A lot of people were saying he kind of reminded him of Mike Gesicki, and that to me immediately uh -huh. I thought, okay, this guy can't block. He can only, you know, he can't make a guy miss in the open field. But you see the tape. I mean, Musgrave's a better blocker, but like Jake mentioned, I mean, those injuries are definitely a concern. But at the same time, that's never uh, kept Chris Greer or any of the Dolphins, you know, for going out there and making a pick. So um, I think if I had my choice between moving up for Laporta and him, 
or staying put and getting Musgrave, I'd definitely move up for Laporta if it was between those two. But um, again, there's plenty of bachelors out there. Marvin Allen loves his tight end class so much that Chris Gear was almost kicking him underneath the table because he wouldn't shut up and stop talking about him. So um, I think I'd pass on Musgrave, but I think a lot of you know draft nicks and people that know the you know study it much more than I think that Musgrave was some had him as tight end three in this class. So it's really all a preference. But for me, I'm gonna pass on Musgrave. Yeah, I think it depends on where you're at as a franchise. If you're willing to, you know spend a couple of years to, you know, get this guy going. That's fine. But if it were up to me, I'd want to hit the ground running. Um, but okay. Now here's a small school jewel who'll make you drool. He's a tough son of a gun who helps with the run and to do it all with the nose for the ball. Weak competition could be a conviction, but he dominated everyone in his jurisdiction. Will you draft Tucker Craft or play it cool with a guy from a bigger school? How any, any takes on Tucker Craft here? Uh, I see a lot of mocks having him go to Miami. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, actually writing an article so we can put this beautiful video and pod in it for tomorrow. And when I was watching Tucker Craft, I mean, he really stood out. I know that some, again, draft gurus and people much smarter than I said that he might be a better blocker coming out than Dallas Godert. And we all remember where we were when the Dolphins passed on him for uh, Mike Gesicki back in, what, 2018. So Tucker Craft's a guy who I absolutely love. You mentioned him being a bully. He's good at run blocking, good at pass protecting. But it just seemed like every time he had the ball in his hands, it was taking one, two, maybe three defenders to bring him down. So, um, I think he's a better route runner than people give him credit for, but I absolutely like Tucker Craft. Don't know if he's a guy that they take at 51. Maybe you can take him, you know, what is it, 84 in the third round. But I like Tucker Craft. And, you know, we're sitting here talking about get, taking a, pro a project and a guy that might take time to develop. A lot of tight ends do that. I don't know how much that Mountain West Conference, you know, played a role in him yeah. just going out there and bullying folks. But I really do like Tucker Craft, and I think he might be kind of be that. I had a crush on Zach Charbonnet in the running back group. I kind of am starting to get a crush for – Tucker Craft. So, yeah. yeah, man, I would definitely uh, take a nice long walk on the beach with Tucker Craft. Maybe listen to some uh, Death Cab for Cutie and give him a shot at love. Yeah. Yeah. This is such a tough decision because he's played more than five games in his career twice, right? In 2021, <laughs> oh. he played in 15 games for 789 yards. And then 2022, he played in just eight games with 27 receptions. So, to me, something he can do is be one of those downfield blockers that the Miami Dolphins are going to need uh, so importantly. But you do wonder about his pace, his rhythm, his just instincts inside and offense because the Miami Dolphins, it's tempo, right? They don't rely on the seam routes, they're attacking open space. And that, to me, um, Tucker seems like if you want to get him playing early, it's a lot of play action. It's a lot of the seam routes. And to me, that kind of sounds like what they wanted to do with Mike Gesicki. So if we're kind of trying to stick with the win now mindset, the idea of we need someone who, okay, maybe he can be an inline tight end, help us on those run plays, those stretches to the outside that they love to run so much behind Armstead uh, with Raheem Mostert, then yes, I completely see the idea for Tucker Kraft, but I don't know or I mean, maybe it would change in just one camp, but I don't know if he's someone who it'd kind of be a tell when you see him on the field that they're going to be running the football or he's going to be a decoy or he's going to be the first blocker on a screen. I just don't know if you know, you'd be putting the offense in a limited box when he's on the field. Yeah. Well, honestly, um, when it comes to these guys, if not the next guy that I'm going to bring up, this is my Tucker Craft is my choice for Miami. I just feel like he's he is the kind of guy who you can plug in there. And with these tight ends, a lot of the time the production – um, downfield and catching the ball doesn't come for the first two or three years, but sometimes they are able to play in line and get their reps without the production. And I think he's the kind of guy you could put in there. And the O line of Miami is, you know, I mean, honestly, he would help just throwing anybody in there at this point. So that's the guy I'd go for if we couldn't get 
Tall, dark, and handsome, this eligible bachelor would rather stay home than go out on a route, but that doesn't mean he won't catch your heart. Chivalry isn't dead, as this tight end will hold the door open for your receivers and backs so that they can dance into the end zone. Although he's not the best pass catcher in the draft, he'll protect your QB's ass when he drops back the pass. Are you looking for a tight end who can score, or will you let Darnell Washington keep you off the floor? Wow. Darnell Washington. I don't know who wants to go first, but this guy, my comp for him is Sully from Monsters, Inc. This guy is like, is he's he's built crazy, dude. It's like, he. I don't know if like, you could put him anywhere on the line. I mean, I, like you could. I mean, I don't know. Just I want him on the field. That size, um, and athleticism. What do you guys think? He's like he's so raw catching the ball, but like, I don't care. He's just like a sixth lineman, right? What do you guys think? You compared someone earlier to like a ball of clay, and mm-hmm. I absolutely thought that was such a great uh, thing to use for Darnell Washington, because when you have the ball, Clay, just, you know, firm standing there, you can do some things with it, right? You can make a pot or something. And Darnell Washington, his obvious strength is being that inline defender. But once you start moving that clay around, once he has to block downfield, once he has to go out and catch a few balls, you kind of see things start to fall off a little bit. So this has been a kind of weird turn of events for me. I don't know if it's just, thinking about it too much, but I instantly, or, you know, at first wanted Darnell Washington to be that guy, but suddenly just kind of seeing the weaknesses and seeing what he'd need to do in my, you go back to, they need someone who can play now. I just don't know if that ball of clay will ever be what the dolphins are looking for um, in terms of that zone beating tight end, who's going to make a few guys miss in the open field. Uh, Washington can obviously barrel through some guys, but you still wonder about that tempo pace, the instinct to be part of an offense that is going to require him to do so many different things so early on. Yeah. He's kind of being mocked all over the place right now. Like I'm seeing him everywhere. So, uh, how would you feel if Miami ended up with him, you know, anywhere? I mean, he's, he's an exciting player, but is he exactly what we need? I don't know. Yeah, it's tough to say. I think the biggest, you know, thing he can do right out the gate is come in there and, again, like you both said, be that sixth offensive lineman. This dude is a monster, 6'7", 270 pounds. I think we all at least saw clips from the combine. I mean, he was moving that blocking sled like it was, you know, a small child, like us picking up our kids if they're bad, taking them to the timeout room. So, um, I, again, I guess there is definitely concern with how he was utilized there at Georgia. I think he had 28 receptions last season, 454 yards and two touchdowns. Wasn't that, you know, pass catcher? Isn't that savvy route runner that we're going to see from some of these other guys like a Laporta, you know, some of these other guys that we discussed. But I think when you bring in a guy like Darnell Washington, he's eventually going to learn some of that stuff, eventually going to be a much better presence. I mean, we can talk about him being a – you know, if he has a pass catcher, but I know we all saw that one hand and grab he made at the combine. I mean, this dude looked like a, a stud. So he was the guy that I kind of had my eyes on. I even told Jake in the last pod, you know, I'm going to get old takes exposed because I said there's no chance he's going to be there at 51. If he's there at 51, say Laporta goes earlier, I would absolutely turn in that card for Darnell Washington. Again, don't know if I'd quite move up, maybe, you know, give up future draft capital because I do like the way these tight ends of a lot of these uh, bachelors are. But I think Darnell Washington, what he can do in that run game, pass protecting, and then what he can eventually develop under John Embry and Mike McDaniel, I I would definitely pull the trigger here and think that he could be uh, a true weapon, you know, once you unleash those pass catching abilities. Yeah, as far as just the player type, you know, it's not something that I'd be like, you know, too excited about. But knowing that we do have Mike McDaniel back there, um, he's a creative kind of guy. He'll find a way to get that guy on the field and get him, make him productive one way or another. Um, so there was one more guy who I see being uh, mocked to Miami a lot. So I wanted to put him in here. Fast and athletic with a handsome athletic. 
this pass catcher can run an iron or block in line. And if he has the ball, you better watch out, because he's a match with the get. Don't get too hot, he'll take some development before he gets his shot. But he could just be what you need on day three. Will you go on a date with this tight end from Penn State, or will you turn the page on Bretton Strange? Before we get into the actual player, where do we feel Bretton Strange is going? Because if he's a fourth or fifth round pick, we already got to start some sort of dialogue about moving up. So so to you guys, I, I just want to know right away, where, where would you feel he's going in, in the drafts? And, and I think that's a nice way to start, you know, what we'd be looking out for. Yeah, everywhere I've seen is fourth, fifth. Um, I'm not seeing a lot of, of third and second round, if any. I've seen some mocks that have him going in like the seventh round, but those are just, you know, those simulators that are just straight up, you know, on drugs that are, there's no chance he falls to the seventh round. This conversation, this is one where the fact we can have a conversation without even talking about him on the field, uh, about how he gets here already makes it a little interesting to me. Now, would you guys sacrifice maybe the seventh, sixth round pick and, and a, you know, I don't know, a five next year, maybe, I don't know, to move up and, and get someone like Brenton Strange? Because instantly... You know, you think about this Miami Dolphins offense. It has a lot of top-end talent, a lot of top-end speed, a lot of top-end athleticism. Brenton Strange, I think, is someone you could plug in and trust right away. And I think in this offense, it isn't about having the jump ball abilities. It's just being where you're supposed to be and the guys around you trusting what you can do. Brenton Strange sounds like the absolute animal that is missing out of the, you know, Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel offense. And the more I think about it, I don't know if I'm just, just getting... Uh, caught up in, in the uh, flavor of the day. But all of a sudden, you know, if you want to address that offensive line in the second round, you want to go maybe running back a bit crazy. Brenton Strange, I kind of like him as a fit. You know, if you maybe it's not as great as a Sam Laporta, but I think for the price and the value, Chris Greer is someone who has no issue trading around shuffling picks. I might be in on Brenton Strange. Alex, any thoughts on Strange? I honestly, I don't know why he's being mocked so much further down than the other guys. Uh, after like watching a lot of the breakdowns, he seems to be like up there with them. Like, he looks great, so athletic, and I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's probably um, you know suffering a little bit, but like Sam Laporta, their quarterbacks were atrocious last year. I mean, that doesn't help anything. But when you watch Penn State, I mean, uh, anytime you need a big play, Strange was there. I think um, we can't overlook the fact that the Dolphins flew up there. Mike McDaniel, Chris Greer, they were all at that pro day. I think Mike McDaniel was even listening to uh, uh, what Strange was listening to on his iPhone. So I think there's definitely some you know smoke there. I definitely think that if the Dolphins want to go, like Jake said, maybe you take a running back, you, you pull the trigger on a running back early, you get an offensive lineman or whatever, and you bank on Brenton Strange there in, you know, the fourth or fifth round if they decide to move up. I think uh, I wrote in my article, you know, he doesn't do anything great, but he does everything above average. And I think that's kind of what the Dolphins want, right? A guy that can do uh, is good at pass protecting, can run block, can also go out there, good route runner, can make plays and can develop under John Embry and such. So I, I like this. I think, you know, there are some other guys that I might, um, you know, have my eye on a little bit more than Brenton Strange, but that's a safe pick for me. And I think, again, we can't overlook Chris Greer, Mike McDaniel making that trip up there. If they realize that this is the guy that this offense needs, who am I to, you know, question that? Yeah. And after, you know, I, I, honestly, I, I kind of was a Gusecki fan the whole time. I thought he was exciting at the very least. You know, he made the games funner with the acrobatic catches and stuff. But it would be nice to have a tight end who can get a yard after, you know, after being yes. touched, who can move a little bit, you know, uh, you know, just that's, Seeing Gusecki straight lined after a while, you just know what he's going to do every time. And, you know, I'd love a, a guy who's better with the ball in his hands, more dynamic. But um, so 
what if the Dolphins don't leave the draft for the tight end? What do you guys think about that? If, you know, seven rounds go by, no tight end drafted, you know, we all wait the next morning to see what undrafted free agents get signed. Still no tight end. How are you guys feeling at that point? Are you feeling, I know one of your favorite words here, queasy? Or do you feel, do you trust that uh, the coaching staff has something in mind? I think there is something in mind. I mentioned Irv Smith Jr. Uh, and then they also signed Eric Saubert, um, who doesn't have the the flashiest playing career. He was more of a blocking tight end. And, and I, I just kind of like the idea. I mean, if I had to choose between darts in the sixth or seventh and moving up to like the fifth to get someone like Brenton Strange, I think I'd do that right away. I just think the Miami Dolphins are lacking those guys who are just, you know, playing with their hair on fire. I'd love to see this guy line up with Alec Ingold. I think one thing we really um, ignore last year was how many guys were injured on the Dolphins. And Alec Ingold was out there playing with a club. And, you know, yeah. I'll tell you one thing. Nobody knew, nobody, nobody guessed that he was going to catch the football. So he was so <laughs> limited just as a blocker. I, I think Brenton Strange is someone where if you have a few plays that uh, Ingold uh has had success in you throw strange in. I think he can be that same type of guy. I think you can line him up in the backfield. He's going to move around and he's just going to attack people with his hair on fire. I think, you know, you look at the depth chart and I kind of like Alec Ingold, you know, developing someone like Brenton strange while guys like Durham Smythe, Eric Saubert kind of just do their thing as the blocking tight ends, but they can still find those little holes in the zone to get that seven yards. I mean, I've seen a few catches from Durham Smythe where he's gotten absolutely clobbered hanging onto that football. Yeah, yeah. So should we should we bring up some uh, concerning news out of yeah. nowhere? Because we're recording, so obviously yeah. news has to break here. It is official, ladies and folks. Aaron Rodgers is headed to the New York Jets, along wow. with pick fifteen, a twenty twenty three fifth rounder, and the Packers get number thirteen, a twenty twenty three second round, a sixth rounder, and a conditional twenty twenty four. Second round pick that could become a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays. So, guys, let's just get it out there. Aaron Rodgers in green. Queasy meter, where are we at? Oof. I hope Not he gets happy. sandwiched like Petty uh, when Sue and Cameron Wake just destroyed him or, you know, Jeremiah Bell ending Brett Favre's Jets career. I mean, uh, we talked about before, a lot of Dolphin fans are underplaying what Brett Favre could br or, <laughs> or what Aaron Rodgers could bring to that offense. So I'd rather have seen this trade not go through. You know, I'd rather have seen Jets fans in shambles, but um, we we knew this was inevitable, right? So time to pony up, time to go out there and kick some ass because I don't think this really, you know, are you, are you that scared? I mean, we think this Dolphins team, we think the world of them, we think this is one of the best seasons, you know, that we have the potential to make some noise. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets changes the way I view things, but it's definitely going to make those games a lot more interesting. Yeah, it's going to be fun for sure. But, I mean, am I reading this right? It seems to be like a pick swap is what yeah, they did Yeah, in the first for. round for this year. Yeah, series. so yeah, it two spots, yeah. It's okay, sure. I guess that's – those. It's, I mean, the two spots are two big spots. Good value for the Jets, I think, maybe. I think it's great value for the Jets. I'm kind of disappointed that it ended up being just this. The conditional 2024 second can turn into a first, it says, if Rogers. Oh, you already said that, Jake. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I missed that part. what is that again? If he plays 65% of the plays, that second next year will turn into a first. So, I mean, it could be two firsts for – well, it's still – they only moved up two spots. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about It's the second-round picks, though, too. Like, the second yeah. this year, it's Rodgers' age. They don't know how long he's going to be there. And – I, I think retires fact, after this year. They had to get this risk rewardy about it, like the idea of pick swaps and, and conditional. 
makes you kind of a little better that the Jets understand there's a huge risk in this and they know it's not signed, sealed, delivered. Let's go to a Super Bowl. And I cannot wait to see these matchups. I think the Jets still kind of like the Dolphins haven't signed Christian Williams. I think, is it is it Quinnen Williams who uh, has been holding out? He's like their best defensive lineman and he wants a new contract too. Yeah. So that's another thing the Jets have to get through. And another important piece to all this Aaron Rodgers has to become friends with people. We don't know if this is possible. We don't know if he can go and introduce himself to people and build a relationship. He was the guy for the Packers for so long. And there was an athletic story, I think, a little while ago about how some of his uh, audibles were simply as if he touched his head, that meant one thing to one specific person. And that's how detailed it would get, where he's just touching on his body. I don't know how true it is. Rodgers got really defensive when that came out. So odds are, if you're getting super defensive, it's true. I hate to be that guy, but I'm going to go with this just because he's on the Jets now. So there's a lot of questions to be played out. And I kind of wish this happened all the way until, you know, training camp. So they'd be a step behind. But with the way the Dolphins are built, with the way they're headed, I'm so ready to see this battle. I'm going to say it is going to be a battle. It's no longer just running through the Jets. But um, I I still am very happy where the Miami Dolphins are, all things considered. Yeah. Iron sharpens iron, right? That's what they say. But I mean, yeah. are built under pressure. <laughs> yeah. Can I say I, something about the tight ends that we were talking about? I, I know we all got sidetracked. It was hard not yeah, to. I, know, I shouldn't even been on my phone, but I saw that, and I was like, <laughs> oh, God, what the hell? Um, I guess my thing was, you know, we sit here and say trust the process, but if the Dolphins don't do anything in the draft and you don't, don't bring in another tight end, then I might start to question it. But I'd also at the same time uh, think that they're probably a lot higher on Durham Smythe than the fan base is. I mean, yeah. I, we mentioned what Brent Strange could be. You know, he's above average at a little bit of everything. I mean, that's kind of where Durham Smythe is. He doesn't have that same production as a pass catcher, but we've seen him make some plays. And Tanner Connor, I mean, again, that's a guy that people were hyping up like crazy in training camp. So um, maybe that's where the Dolphins will be thinking if they didn't go and get a tight end in the draft or, you know, an undrafted acorn or a vet like Jake said. But um, I would start to question things and wonder, you know, we talk about how important that tight end position is continuing to throw, you know, kick the can down the road seems just as foolish as not bringing in a right tackle. Right. So yeah. um, I think they need to go tight end. But uh, anytime we think we know what the Dolphins are going to do, they do the complete opposite. Are, are you like set in stone as a need? Like, like it's hundred percent a need, like in one of these four picks or in this draft, the Miami Dolphins need a tight end. You feel yeah, there's a part I, of me. I feel like that's oh, up there. No, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, there's a part of me that, that agrees with, uh, with Josh, uh, Smythe was, you know, he was really serviceable. And honestly, I think, uh, Mike Kosecki was his like biggest fan. Mike Kosecki was always saying like, pay the man. And, you know, he knows what's up. I mean, Durham Smythe was solid, uh, but no. I would be livid if the Dolphins didn't end up with a, you know, I understand like maybe closer towards, you know, OTAs and stuff. They'll pick up one of these guys as the prices go down, but uh, I'm going to be sweating bullets until they do. I think that it's, it's just, it's a necessity at this point. Um, just considering the number of, you know, receptions that left with Kaseki. Um, I don't want Hill and, and Waddle to bear that extra load and potentially get hurt or something. I'd rather have them replace those numbers with another pass catcher. You know, Barrios, from what I understand, is probably going to be playing a lot of special teams and, you know, limited stuff. But I, I really want them to replace those receptions and that, honestly, that third down jump ball ability. I don't know. I don't, I don't see a guy in the roster right now that's going to go up and get that. So. 
and Gasicki had 50 targets last year. He caught five touchdowns, so it's important. To, the Dolphins didn't ignore him, right? They tried to do different things to get him involved, and it simply wouldn't work. So, guys, as we wrap up here, can, can I get, like, a power ranking, like, our, our top three guys? And with all this in mind, I want you guys to include, like, hey, the draft capital involved, where they will need to be to make these picks. And, and just let's just run through top three, starting with three. Um, Josh, if you're ready, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if I was ready, but I was going to go with uh, Darnell Washington, uh, Sam Laporta, and then Tucker Craft. I mean, I think when you look at the value, I think, honestly, if you were going to have me pick a bachelor or have me pick one of these guys, I was probably going to go with Tucker Craft just to be a little bit, you know, different and think, you know, maybe you can get him in the third round, still get a running back there in the second round and fill those needs. But, um, you know, when you look at what you might have to give up to get Laporta, that makes me a little bit queasy. And like, like he said, I mean, uh, Darnell Washington's all over the board with where he could be drafted. So yeah. I'd rather not give draft capital to go up there and get one of those guys, but those would be my three in that order. Yeah, for me, it's it's Washington, Kraft, and probably Brenton Strange because I don't want to – I don't want them really spending a lot of – honestly, 51. Any other year would be like a, a tight end at 51. Like, okay, like, oh, but this year I understand that the talent is really there. Um but, like, I don't know, I still get a little bit weird about, you know, people drooling over tight ends at 51. So, you know, I won't be – if we use, you know, the the later pick for a tight end, I'd be more than happy. So, yeah, Washington, Kraft, and then uh, I'd be more than happy if we end up with Strange at the end of, uh, at the end of this. But, yeah, I just want them to address it. <laughs> I'm not going to be mad. Like if they address it, I'm just going to, you know, I'll trust them, let them do their thing. And it, cause it's going to take time with any tight end. It's not something it's going to be four weeks into the season. And we're going to know exactly what this guy is, man. Like, I just feel silly saying I pass on Darnell Strange if he was uh, Darnell Washington. Sorry, if yeah. he was there at fifty-one, I just I just don't know how I could honestly sit here and say yeah I'd, I'd pass on him. So I, I'd honestly go Washington at two. I'd go Strange. Just all things considered, it'd probably be that sixth and seventh rounder, that guy who can come in and just show us what you can do. And then number one, I think Sam Laporta just kind of stole yeah. my heart. I just think he would just be so fun in this offense. I think you could trust him right away and and just be comfortable rolling him out there and confusing defenses while Tyree. Kill and Jalen Waddle run wild, you know, down the field. Yeah, his, Sam Laporta, I think, out of all you guys, were the the funnest highlights to watch. Um, he's just, I love him too. I, I'd, I'd be, I'd be more than happy with him. But uh, yeah, Darnell Washington, you put that big guy in there, though, you don't have to worry so much anymore about uh, the other guys in line. He's going to help, and I think the Dolphins could use that. But and, it's and just I do really think exciting, right? It's right around the corner. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I'm with both of you guys. I don't think I'm going to be upset regardless of what the Dolphins yeah. do. I mean, I think that's kind of why it's nice to I, – I mean, years past, I truly dove into the draft, you know, had my guys that I like, got a little upset when they passed on, you know, J.K. Dobbins or whatever it was, you know, they got sniped for Javante Williams. But right now, I mean, I'm just sitting here feeling cool as a cucumber, and any tight end they bring in, you know, we'll find a way to – push that as a positive. I guess the biggest thing here is I wouldn't hate to see them, like we mentioned before, pass on the position altogether because, like you both mentioned, this is one of the most loaded tight end groups, you know, from top to bottom. So they got to have their guy in mind that they like, that they can see being that, you know, is there a franchise tight end? Is that a such thing? I mean, uh, but in that offense, you know, we need that guy there. So let, let's see what they do. Let's see what they got. They got to have some tricks up their sleeve, right? Scale 1 to 10, how surprised would he be they select two tight ends? <laughs> Like one in the first, their, one in the second, pick, and like but their four picks, I, I'd be a little surprised there. Like an acorn undrafted, and then you know drafting one, I can definitely see that happening. But I'd be surprised if they doubled up. But again, uh, in, the, the, in the Tyreek Hill, Jalen Ramsey era of the Dolphins, 
I I don't think I'd be I'd be like like a seven because just they're crazy. They're nuts. They've proven time and time again that they'll go out of the box. But well, yeah, I mean, awesome. we, I love it. We see the Jameer Gibbs uh, rumors today. I mean, yeah. there's there's reports from you know some people that the Dolphins could trade up there to you know into the first round one of those late picks and take a running back. And what the hell, Chris Gray doesn't do that. He doesn't even take a running back when he's they're sitting there yeah. staring right in the face. I mean, but anything can happen, and that's that's I think what we've come to love with this new you know, era of Miami Dolphins football, mm-hmm. because before they were just so scared and so content with mediocrity. Now they at least, you know, have a plan in place, it seems, and they see their window, like you guys both mentioned. You need to add a dynamic playmaker. So what? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I can't believe it's draft week, and this is awesome. Dude. Your uh, descriptions for these tight ends were just amazing. <laughs> the way they rhymed and just everything about them was just um, better than I ever expected. Yeah. For everyone out there, if you haven't already, leave a review. Let us know how we did. Mostly do it. Give Efren his five stars because he mostly deserves it. Follow him. We look forward to doing more with him in the coming um, weeks, months, years. Who knows? But he will be back. We're so excited for that. And follow him on Twitter, at FinCuts, F-I-N-C-U-T-S. For another Dolphins podcast, Jake Bendel, Josh House, we are so excited for the draft. We're so excited to talk about it with you. But until then, fins up. Bids up. Bids up. The greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the